expand your mind and enrich your world. It's time for another outstanding podcast from ICRT. Taiwan's Thomas Edison. That's how the media most often refers to Gordon Dung, with good reason too. In the last 30 years, he's invented more than 300 patented works, winning numerous awards along the way. In fact, just last month he picked up a trophy in Croatia, giving recognition to his work. And during his acceptance speech, he said he wants to see Taiwan shift its focus from manufacturing to design and invention. After hearing what he had to say, I wanted to learn a little bit more about how he sees the role of invention, innovation, and creativity in the future of Taiwan. So I called him up by phone recently. In this conversation, we're going to hear Eric Gao chiming in with translation. But before we get into the meatier part of this conversation, we started off talking about toilets. So I understand that your very first invention was an infrared automatic toilet flusher. Uh, just so our listeners can visualize that, it's like the kind where you walk away and it starts flushing all by itself. You know, you see them everywhere now.、Uh, can you tell me a little bit about how you ended up inventing that? Okay, 那个是在我十七岁的那一年，就在我读。I came up with the idea for that patent during my second year in high school. 有一次，我就是本身去上厕所，我觉得很不方便。因为男孩子上完厕所之后都会有一个习惯性动作，就是会抖一抖。有时候手。I went to the bathroom one time and felt that it was inconvenient because whenever a guy finishes going to the bathroom, he has to shake it a bit, and sometimes you get urine on your hands, and then you have to go and turn on the tap. 那我觉得说，哎，如果能把水龙头的这个开关改成用脚去踩的，后来第一次设计用脚去踩的。So I thought maybe I could change the tap into something that was controlled by a foot pedal, but the first time I tried that, it, it didn't work. Coincidentally, I was learning about electrical engineering at school, and the teacher touched on the topic of infrared sensors. I suddenly came up with the idea of combining an infrared sensor and electronic switch together to make a type of control.、Uh, this control can then easily manage the water flow. So when I was 17, four days before I graduated from National Wufeng Agricultural and Industrial High School, a Mr. Cho and Mr. Chu turned up at my school with a sum of money. My patent had just been approved, and they bought it. So now my wife sometimes jokes with me and says, if I were to die one day, all the males in the world going to the bathroom will have to take a moment of silence for me. Okay, so you've invented so many things over your career. Just going to get to a couple of them. You know, in addition to that toilet flusher, you invented a fingerprint lock system.、Uh, you made advancements in LED signs, Blu-ray disc players.、Uh, so that's just you know, just talking about those few inventions. That's a lot of ground already to cover. Is there like a common thread you think that、uh, ties it all together? I mean, is there something you've got to have to be a good inventor? 世上很多的发明家，他们都有一些是专门专注在他自己的 professional。Actually, a lot of inventors are solely focused on their area of expertise, such as agriculture. But if he wants to make an improvement in agriculture, he needs to introduce some newer things, such as electronic methods and equipment. 所以我都会在这边跟很多的孩子们讲。So usually I tell students, if you want to be an inventor, you need to learn from a lot of different things. That's the only way you can be an excellent inventor. What do you think helped you become successful? Okay, 这成功是不敢了。那但是我是觉得，当一个发明人哦，最重要一点就是你要耐得住寂寞、孤独。
Okay, I wouldn't say I'm successful, but I think in order to be an inventor, you need to be able to withstand loneliness. Because when you're inventing something, before you succeed, you're going to be met with a lot of bottlenecks and ridicule, sometimes maybe even insults. I've been on this path for almost 30 years, so I know this road pretty well. So if you want to be an excellent inventor, I can only tell you, you need to bring out your strengths and see it through to the end. That's the only way you'll have a chance at success. Now, during the acceptance speech that uh, we mentioned in the introduction, you actually made a point of thanking Taiwan specifically for supporting your work and and making it possible. Uh, How exactly do you think that Taiwan uh, helped you out, you know, like its institutions, its people? How did did that help make your work possible? Whether an invention succeeds is not based on how capable its inventor is, but actually on the environment that the inventor finds themselves in, and how many people are helping to create that environment. Since 1949, when Chiang Kai-shek came to Taiwan, Taiwan has gone through a lot of eras and changes, starting from the earliest agricultural revolution to the so-called heavy industry, then to the light industry towards the electronic age, all the way to high tech. A lot of talent developed during this process, and in this way, Taiwan laid the foundations that makes it easier for future inventors to find relevant skills and techniques that they need for their inventions and talent. This is what Taiwan has succeeded at. Do you think there's anything about the mentality or the culture of Taiwanese people that helps foster innovation? Actually, you can see that a place that fosters invention is usually more free and equal. Why? Because you can think in all sorts of different directions freely. And through these directions and the local techniques, you can make what you want to invent a reality. For example, in China, an oscilloscope is the most basic equipment in any factory because it tests radio waves, its highs and lows. But in China, say you want to buy a product like this, you may have to report it to the authorities. They might ask what you're using the oscilloscope for. They might even think you bought it to build a remote-controlled bomb. But because Taiwan is a free and democratic country, it will allow you to mess around and make new things. This is something that is not achievable in a country without freedom and democracy. Okay, so so far we've mostly been talking about why Taiwan is good for inventors. Uh, what about the flip side of that? Why is invention important to Taiwan? I mean, you're definitely a proponent of fostering creativity and innovation in Taiwan. Why do you think that's important? In 2005, the former education minister asked me to meet him at his office two months before he passed away. We talked about the future of Taiwan. At the time, he told me that he wanted Taiwan to be an invention innovation country. He said Taiwan is very small, the surface area is 0.3% of the world's surface area, but the knowledge and technique of Taiwan's people is 33% of the world. He said Taiwan doesn't have any natural resources, no petrol, no coal. What we have is brain power, that's knowledge. It's because of knowledge that Taiwan can be up in the top ranks of the world. 
Now, you've actually really gotten involved in education. You're a professor at a number of colleges in Taiwan, teaching invention and innovation. Uh, so, why why was that important to you? Why is that something that you wanted to get involved in? Teaching invention is fundamental. Over the past 60 to 70 years, Taiwan has already established foundations for many industrial sectors like heavy industry, light industry, electronics. These high-tech techniques have all become quite mature. Integrating these sectors is now the most important thing, and integration starts with education, teaching kids how to start inventing. I said before that brain power is the most important thing. If you have brain power and are constantly imagining things, you can go through any industry, from writing to model making, and end up in marketing. So in your view, do you think enough is being done right now to support invention and creativity? In Taiwan, support for inventors lags behind many parts of the Americas and Europe. But in recent years, I've been taking a lot of kids to international invention contests in the hopes that they can help expand Taiwan's horizons. I don't want Taiwan kids to compete solely amongst themselves. They should compete with international kids. The Ministry of Education needs to rethink its policies and not just force-feed information to kids. It should use a more open method to let kids know where they stand and from there to understand more about innovation and invention. In the future, I think the MOE will move toward that direction, especially given the mandatory 12-year education policy, which has been seriously criticized. If we combine Taiwan's invention, education and innovation, I believe that Taiwan will be the strongest invention and innovation country in the world, because we'll have already firmly established the foundations. So a moment ago, it uh, sounded like you were saying that you think it's important for Taiwanese kids, you know, the, the ones that are hoping to become better at invention, uh, to go abroad and, and, and mix with uh, other students abroad. Why do you think that's important? Is it, is it just a matter of, you know, broadening horizons makes it easier to become more creative? I really want to support young inventors. It's good for these kids to learn some new perspectives. Over the past 14 years, Taiwan has been pushing this a lot. If kids can go see what other countries are inventing, it will give them a new outlook on things. For example, Malaysia's young inventors tend towards chemistry or agriculture, while Thailand is more towards hardware, and China is a lot more varied like Taiwan. In recent years, Taiwan's kids have gone from designing daily-use products to more high-tech stuff. So, you know, I, I don't think anybody would really argue with you if the point that you're trying to make is that, you know, invention and, and creativity is important, but, you know, it's all kind of abstract. What can you say to really give us a sense of the stakes? You know, what's at risk for Taiwan? What future might Taiwan face if it doesn't manage to stay competitive on these fronts? Over 10 years ago, I represented Taiwan in a World Invention Expo in Nuremberg, Germany. Since that time, I've come to see China's strengths. In that competition, many of China's entries were in traditional industries. But in recent years, I've seen that their products are starting to branch out into every industry. They followed the same path as Taiwan, and they've caught up. I've often said that Taiwan's only way forward is invention and innovation. 
If you stick to manufacturing, you can never beat China. They've got manpower, cheap manpower. Children born there after the 90s have also received an international education, much like Taiwan. However, Taiwanese children are different from those other countries because they're studying all the time until they graduate high school and enter college. Do you think the government has a role to play here? What do you think they should be doing? Because Taiwan has the capability, that is, uh, people with talent in all sorts of fields, I've been urging the Taiwanese government to reinvent the Made in Taiwan MIT label and move it towards IIT and finally DIT. IIT is invented in Taiwan, and DIT is designed in Taiwan. If the government can establish these three points, then Taiwan will definitely become the world's foremost invention and design kingdom. Companies will always choose to go somewhere where the product can be made cheaply. So if Taiwan continues to just pursue this concept of MIT, then Taiwan may just lose out in the end. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Talk. As always, we'd love to hear what you thought of today's program. You can leave us a comment on our Facebook page or rate and review Taiwan Talk on iTunes. You can also leave a comment on the ICRT blog, where we've posted a few links to articles about Professor Dung and his work. See you next time for ICRT. I'm Keith Manconi.